I'd like to acknowledge that this podcast episode was recorded on the traditional unceded territory of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish First Nations. Welcome to the initiative podcast where we discuss diversity and culture in beautiful British Columbia. I'm your host, Ella Diaz, and today our special guest Dasha will be telling us about her take on sustainability and climate in Vancouver, as well as her involvement in action against climate change. Dasha is a part of the Greenstem podcast, a roundtable discussion podcast on the subject of climate change and other environmental issues in Vancouver. Greenstem can also be found on Spotify, so go have a listen to learn more. And Dasha, I'll just let you introduce yourself and take it away. Okay, hi everyone. My name is Dasha. Um, I'm a high school student in Vancouver, and I'm passionate about climate change and science in general. And like Ella said, I have a podcast called Greenstem if you want to check it out. And um, a little bit of my background is that I was born in the Ukraine, um, which, if you don't know, is like next to Russia. It used to be part of the Soviet Union. And then I moved to Hungary briefly, and then I came here when I was six, and I've lived here for 11 years now. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's just delve right into it. So why do you think we should be concerned about climate change in Vancouver? Um, So I actually saw an interesting article about this when I was kind of doing a bit of research, and I recommend everyone check it out. It's by the Vancouver Sun, and it basically just said that there was a climate study done in 2017 that found that climate change will turn Vancouver into Southern California, so basically like San Diego, which kind of concerned me. I'm like some of the reasons I've considered like moving to California or going there for university, but some of the things that turn me away are like that they have constant wildfires and like they have um, water shortages and constant water restrictions. So it's kind of concerning that Vancouver could become that. Yeah, that's really Um, scary. Yeah, Yeah. like San Diego is like really hot. It's like a desert basically. And then um, some of the problems that they have, um, they have that we can expect that if climate change continues at the rate it's going is first of all we can say bye to frost and ice which um, personally I really love snow and winter mm-hmm. so that kind of um, is scary to me and but some, to some people it's a pro and like summer tourism will definitely increase in Vancouver is what I read um, and then farm crops will also flourish all year in the Fraser Valley so like how crops grow all year in California that's what's going to happen, but it might be too hot in the Okanagan, actually, because it's pretty hot there already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, there's a lot of cons, though. Those are just a few pros. Um, every apartment will, like, literally every apartment in Vancouver will need to get AC installed. I don't know if you have AC, Ella, but I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, yeah. yeah, like, I know so many people don't. It's mm-hmm. kind of, this year, there were a lot of heat waves. It was really bad. Yeah. Um. So installing heat, um, installing ACs will cost a lot of money and will use a lot of energy. And temperatures were so will soar um, as we've had like heat waves. They were so bad, right? Yeah, they were crazy. Like it was so hot. Like I, it was almost hard for me to go to sleep. It was so warm. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, like there's nothing I can do. I literally just held my fan in my lap yeah. and like, let it blow towards me. Oh but it was God. so hard. Yeah. Um, and that will be a constant, basically, like that temperature. Jeez. Um, yeah, and then also smog will become worse because when heat is, 
like when heat waves happen, the air just stays there and it's like really hot. So it traps a lot of pollution. So that would be very bad. And there are health risks associated with that. Mm-hmm. Um, even more bad stuff will happen. Yeah. <laughs> it so, sounds all bad. Yeah. It's um, a lot of there, like financial. There are going to be more forest fires. Like, have you heard that there were like a couple of small, small ones in Pacific Spirit this year? Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like there are just more and more every year. Yeah. Like, Pacific Spirit is this forest that's like in the middle of like residential neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were like small fires there, which is really scary because it could like get to the houses and everything. So that could happen more often. And I already talked about this kind of, but there would be water shortages because like mm-hmm. in California, there are water restrictions all the time. So if our climate became more like California, that's what would happen. Like we wouldn't be able to water our lawns and farmers wouldn't have enough water for crops which would be really bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad, especially since BC is the source of a lot of clean water for a lot of places. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think we yeah. ex- we import or no, we export actually to the US even for clean water. Yeah, BC is like probably like the water state or something cuz we yeah. also use a lot of hydropower. Yeah. Uh, not state province. Mm-hmm. Um but also like those are the summer effects, but in the winter and fall, it would um, be really wet. Like, it would rain more than now. And there could be, like, severe rainfall causing flooding. Like, we kind of saw that in, in New York. I think it flooded, like, mm-hmm. last week or something. And it yeah. was so, so bad. Like, the subways and everything filled up. Yeah, I Hurricane was, like, so Ida. by that. Yeah. That was really concerning. Yeah. There are just so many. There's financial and health and even just generally sustainable issues that sort like stem from this issue of climate change and it's really scary what could potentially happen even just from looking at it from a distance like it seems like it's far away but in reality this can just this will just occur to us like sooner than we think it will yeah Like, literally every day on the news, a different part of the country or the world is experiencing some sort of severe weather event that can be directly related to climate change. It's, like, it's gone up so much. Like, last year, I don't, even last year, there was a lot, like, wildfires in Australia, whatever. And then the year before, there was a lot, but even less than now. Like, now it's, like, every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you like skiing and snowboarding, but Mm. that would also go away. Yeah. Which is really sad, because I love the snow. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't ski or snowboard, but I think I would miss the snow, too, in just oh. cold weather. But, um... Sorry. Oh, it's okay. That was Dash's dog in the background. Do you think our city upholds its reputation as a renewable city? Because I find that a lot of people have the impression that Vancouver is a very green, renewable, sustainable city. So do you think that we uphold that reputation? Um, I think, well, like, in the time like I think at one point in 2016 Vancouver was voted like third greenest city in the world Mm -hmm. and at that point they were doing a lot they were like um like in 2015 90% of Vancouver's electricity was being generated by hydropower and in total 95% of the electricity was supplied by renewable sources which is really good Mm -hmm. um and apparently it also had the lowest greenhouse gas emissions per capita than any other major city in North America. So that seemed really good to me. Um, but I don't know. I also found something that said that like healing and um, if you 
look at the energy being supplied to heating and cooling, only 32% was renewable. Um, it might have changed by now, but that seemed kind of bad to me. Mm-hmm. But other things I thought about was it's pretty bikeable here, and mm-hmm. you can take a lot of transit. Yeah. Um, and Vancouver does have a goal to have 66% of all trips to be made by walking, cycling, or public transit by 2040, which sounds good to me, but I feel like it could be done sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Vancouver I agree. is not that big. Um, some cities in the U.S., for example, they're like highways between them like different neighborhoods Mm -hmm. you know yeah but I feel like Vancouver you can just like get on the bus and go anywhere basically yeah exactly I think what they need to do is just make more SkyTrain stations which I think they're on already but I don't think it'll take that long I agree yeah they they're building one in Broadway I think Mm -hmm. which is kind of like a lot of people complain that there aren't any going to UBC and, like, students coming from afar need that and everything. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of what they're starting on. So that would be good. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I'm thinking, like, COVID probably reduced the use of public transit and yeah. made it a bit worse. Because, personally, I used to use the bus a lot. And now I'm kind of very hesitant to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I only use it in an emergency. So I feel like other people might um, feel the same. Yeah, that's true. There is that health risk sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, it Vancouver also up. like banned all plastic straws a mm, couple yeah. years ago, I think, which was really good. But I feel like they could do that with plastic bags as well. Like, mm-hmm. what are they waiting for? Yeah, that's true. And um, yeah, so you were talking about um, the city of Vancouver making progress, and do you think that they're making a good effort to reduce climate change at this point, or do you think they could be doing? more like I know you already touched on that but do you think um aside from everything we've previously discussed what else do you think they can do to reduce um the effects I mean they do at least they're doing something so Mm -hmm. um I really I honestly didn't know what they did like I feel like they could advertise it more Mm -hmm. so I searched it up and um, basically in 2020 they approved a climate emergency action plan which apparently put Vancouver on track to reduce their carbon pollution by 50% by 2030. And then I was like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. And the plan basically focuses on building and transportation because they cause most of the carbon pollution. So like 50%, 54% of our carbon pollution comes from burning natural gas to heat space and water in our buildings. And 39% of our emissions come from burning gasoline and diesel and vehicles. So that seemed pretty good to me, but I feel like, again, they could do this sooner. Like, why 2030? Yeah. I feel like they are probably, like, exaggerating it so, like, people don't get disappointed in the plan. Maybe they are going to do it earlier, but we already talked about Vancouver is very bikeable and there's so much transit and they're building subway stations. So I feel like they could decrease that, the amount of carbon pollution sooner. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Like you said, maybe it's just to give them some sort of leeway into just being able to administer and implement that plan before they finalize that sort of action, just so then they have more time. Yeah. Probably. Um, I think Vancouver is doing okay. Like, I would give them a B, maybe, mm-hmm. in school. Yeah. But, like, BC, BC is, like, some things they do. Like, have you heard of the Fairy Creek protests about cutting down the old growth forests. Oh, yeah. I think I saw something about that, like, on TikTok or something. Yeah. Like, 
our premier John Horgan said he wasn't going to cut them down, basically, when they were electing him, but now he's trying to cut them down, and the protesters are trying to stop it, because, like, the the forests are really old. Like, mm-hmm. they're giant. Like, they're really, really fat. <laughs> they're, like, yeah. so old. They hold so much carbon mm-hmm. from our atmosphere, and they're also, like, so many species live there and he's just trying to cut it down and then the protesters are being treated really badly so it's just kind of showing how bc is not as green mm-hmm, yeah i feel like vancouver is doing pretty good but bc i would give them like an f or a d yeah and that's that's a pretty severe grade let me just say yeah and they gotta go back and work on it a bit yeah get a tutor maybe yeah exactly get educated and so um following on that sort of get educated thing like you guys discuss on green stem um there's a lot of talk about solving through stem so you guys were talking about solutions on how to help reduce climate change through different actions that involve science technology engineering and math and if you're interested go listen to green stem the podcast on spotify um, to learn more, but um, out of those solutions that you guys discussed on the podcast, which one do you think is both the most realistic and the most effective? So, on our podcast, we discussed that there are two types of solutions. So you could address climate change itself, or address the consequences of climate change. Mm-hmm. It's like if you have a cold, like if you had antiviral like medicine versus if you had like cough drops for your cough they're both pretty good but you can probably tell that like addressing climate change itself is ideal Mm -hmm. because then the consequences won't be there but it as you ask what what is more realistic like addressing climate change itself is not as realistic i don't know if you you saw the reports but there's like so many reports being like it's so urgent, we have to start now or else there'll be irreversible change. And then I feel like the government is literally doing nothing. Yeah. They just like create plans to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, but they won't do anything more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like yeah, so they're like, treating the symptoms oh, yeah. versus ahead. treating the actual disease. Yeah, treating the symptoms versus the disease. So they won't treat the disease, so I guess we have to start tre- thinking of the symptoms. Mm-hmm. I feel like more of Canada in general could use renewable energy because a lot of people think that renewable energy is really expensive mm-hmm. and on our podcast we played a game called myth or fact and that was one of our questions and it was actually a myth um, renewable energy is actually cheaper than using nuclear gas and fossil fuels specifically like solar panels and wind the lifetime cost of new wind farms has dropped by 70 percent, 71 percent in the last 10 years which is which was crazy to me because I always thought it was more expensive. Yeah. Um, And then when I learned that it was cheap, I was like, why why aren't more places using it? It doesn't make any sense. Like, it's cheaper. Hmm. That is surprising. So, yeah, I know. It's like there is stuff we can be doing to address the actual issue. So I think that's honestly ideal, but I don't really see it realistically happening. Mm -hmm. So we also talked about solutions to symptoms of climate change like you said yeah and so for warming temperatures there's this cool technology being developed and i think it's gonna they're thinking of like selling it mm-hmm. in 2022 which is pretty soon but it, it's called the cool tube it basically takes away the heat that humans emit so it's like 
just making the air cooler by taking away the heat that we emit instead of making the air colder. And so it uses a lot less energy and mm-hmm. it's more sustainable. So it's pretty cool. If you want to hear more about it, you can listen to a podcast, Shameless Pug. But yeah. <laughs> that seems pretty cool. And I feel like if the government doesn't start doing things sooner, um, that seems like a great option. Like we need to start thinking of more things to treat the symptoms. Yeah, I feel like that's probably at this point, that's one of the solutions we'll have to turn to. But um, what is one thing that you think everyone can do to reduce the effects of climate change? Like just some sort of effort that everybody can make? Um, so at first I was kind of thinking like just walk and bike everywhere. And that's a good tip. Mm-hmm. Like everyone should do that. And then I was thinking of other things, but not everyone can afford to, for example, shop locally or stop eating meat or buy an electric vehicle. So what I thought of was something that everyone can do, like basically everyone. Yeah. Everyone can use their voice. So everyone mm-hmm. can vote for people in the local, provincial, in the upcoming federal election. who ca- They can vote for people who actually care about climate um, climate change and have a solid plan Yeah. for uh, solving it. And you can also talk to your local member of parliament or member of the legislative assembly or wherever you are what type of politicians you have you can talk to them and tell them that you think climate action is important um so if you wherever you live you can search up your local mp and you can find out the best way to contact them and i think that's something that everyone can do and you can also attend protests um you can join clubs you can make podcasts just Mm -hmm. to spread the word and use your voice i think that's what something that everyone can actually do Yeah. Wow. I really love that answer and how you're saying to just advocate for climate change through lawmakers and through using your voice. I think that's really that's a really great way of answering that, especially because people don't think of that as the first sort of solution towards climate action. So I think that was a really well thought and well put response. So Uh, kudos to you Dasha I really liked how you answered that and I think it's just so amazing how you're so well knowledge you have you have so much knowledge around climate change and all of these statistics that you're pulling up and so I'm curious to know why are you so passionate about solving climate change and about reducing climate change um basically I'm passionate about solving climate change because the older generations won't mm-hmm. like they don't they it honestly seems like they don't care because they're like we're already 60 we've got 40 more years <laughs> left and by the time we leave the earth it might be burning and crashing but we're gonna leave so whatever mm-hmm. and it's like my future and it like is it is at stake and I just want to be able to have our earth here and like have snow and be able to explore yeah. beautiful places and have like not have every animal be extinct mm-hmm. yeah. it's just basically my goal boomers am i right i know right <laughs> okay boomer yeah yeah and like the people in power are boomers or a bit younger but they're still pretty old and they really don't seem to care which is concerning mm-hmm. yeah and also another another um way that i think about it is i just like science and every time i hear an issue like on the news, like there are water shortages or there's extreme heat. I'm always wondering, like, is there a scientific technology that we could invent that could solve this? 
So that also interests me, which is why I like looking into STEM-related solutions to climate change. Yeah, that's great. It's great that you have this sort of, you have this interest and you have this drive to continue to explore the solutions that we can find and taking that initiative, (laughs) like the podcast, to take action and use your voice and like do something about solving these issues and I think that's really honorable and that's really great Dasha and um, one final question before we finish things off is what is your favorite sustainable food I don't really think about the snacks I eat oh yeah like, um, one of my friends was always like on me like one time I was making like Nutella cupcakes and she was like why didn't you buy the one without palm oil so I'm going to shout out Kraft Hazelnut's bread because it has no palm oil. And palm oil is a whole different issue in itself, in and of itself, so you can mm-hmm. search it up if you want. There's just so many issues with deforestation and release of carbon and taking habitats away from orangutans. So my friend is really passionate about palm oil, and she's yeah. always like, don't eat Nutella, eat Kraft Hazelnut's bread. So I'm going to plug Kraft Hazelnut's bread. <laughs> um yeah, she'll definitely love that. Um, another thing I would like to mention is OceanWise, which mm, is an yeah. ocean conservation pro- program. Um, have you heard of it? Yeah, it's like on every menu, like at the restaurants downtown. Yeah. Yeah. It's for their yeah, seafood. Yeah, it's like affiliated with the Vancouver Aquarium. And they basically, they basically just research businesses and companies, and they put their logo it's either at a restaurant on menus or like in the store on fish products or seafood products. Mm-hmm. They put their logo, which is like a fish and it says ocean wise on um, seafood that has been caught or farmed in a way that ensures healthy stocks and has the limited negative impacts on habitats and other species. So it's basically something um, that kind of lets you know that you are doing a good thing by buying mm-hmm. this seafood um, you can see it in a lot of restaurants, like Ella said. White Spot has a lot of it, like a lot of um, ocean-wise food. Um, a lot of grocery stores have the sticker, and you can also go to seafood.ocean.org, and there's a map feature where you can um, use to find ocean-wise partnered restaurants that get their seafood sustainably. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really great that people have those options if they are feeling like a little bit of salmon at. Uh, let's say Earl's or something. I don't know if Earl's has the o- yeah. is partnered with OceanWise, but it's just an example to throw out there. But um, yeah, thank you so much, Dasha. This was a really great episode. I think we had a lot of you had a lot of meaningful things to say, and it's really great that you're out here bringing awareness to the issue of climate change. And thank you for guesting today so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Ella. Yes. You are also taking initiative, <laughs> your podcast, yeah. um, on climate change by having me here and like using your platform to sp- spread awareness. So that's also amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Dasha. And this has been episode number four of the Initiative Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes. See ya.